Well, this morning we're going to be in the book of John, so you can go ahead and be turning there. I find it interesting, last week we were in John, this week we're going to be in John, and uh, John doesn't even have really any of the Christmas story, what we would call Christmas story in it, but there's so much that we can apply and learn, especially when it comes to this season from the book of John. So this morning, uh, we're going to be kind of in different parts of John. Normally, I just pick a a passage and we go straight through it, but we're going to stay in context with the gospel of John uh, for the most part, Um, but we're just going to go through different sections to to look at that this morning. We'll start out looking at a verse in John chapter 1, if you're turning in your Bibles. In addition, which I, uh, I left that hymnal sitting down here. Let me grab it. I keep walking off with hymnals over this series, and I end up with no hymnals down there, and I have to hunt for one. As he mentioned, the, uh, the hymn that we're going to look at today, or the Christmas carol, it's going to be Silent Night, that's 206, if you want to look at that in your hymnal. But uh, before we get into that, uh, I started thinking this week, like, you know, by this time of year, most of the people who are going to decorate for Christmas has already decorated for Christmas. And uh, for some of you, uh, you probably have, of course, uh, decorated the inside of your house, maybe even the outside of your house. Have you ever thought about what your favorite Christmas decoration is? Uh, maybe for you, you've got that special thing in your house. Like uh, for us, I, I tried to kind of pinpoint what I like the most this week, and I was thinking, like, I, there are so many things that I like. Uh, of course, I like our tree, but the ornaments on our tree, uh, so much of them go along with memories in our lives, and maybe you all are the same way, like we have things that the kids have handmade and things that we bought to help us remember things, and so hanging those are, are really neat. I have a uh, nativity set that I like to put out that I bought in Bethlehem when I went to Israel uh, about a decade ago or so. Um, but I love putting that thing out every Christmas. It's really neat to look at. Maybe you have some things like that in your house. But one of the things that I absolutely love driving by and seeing are all of the well-lit houses at night, especially. And as you drive by and look at the Christmas lights, especially if you have a van full of kids like we do, I mean, it's a spectacle. And uh, I don't know if the, uh, the lodge down here on, on the street is going to bring their lights back this year, but man, if you've never seen those, those things are something else. Uh, they put on a light show down there. But the lights really, uh, for me, as you're driving around town at Christmas time, they bring out Christmas. And as you think about lights on the tree and everything else, of course they're beautiful. But the reason why I believe that we have lights at Christmas is because they are to remind us and point us to the true light that's come into the world. And as we see these lights lighting up the dark, it reminds us what Jesus did when he came. And so this, uh, this hymn, Silent Night speaks to that, especially in the second and third verses. It says, Silent night, holy night, I'm reading verse 2, darkness flies, all is light. Shepherds hear the angels sing, alleluia, hail the king. Christ the Savior is born, Christ the Savior is born. And of course, it recounts that night where the angels appeared before the shepherds, and that great light um, appeared. But then it goes on to say in verse 3, Silent night, holy night, Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord at thy birth, Jesus, Lord at thy birth. You know, there's just something, as I said, about Christmas time. 
Now, I've got a gadget down here. I hope it works. Usually when I try stuff like this, it doesn't work, so we'll see. <laughs> but there's something about Christmas time, you know, when you light up the lights at Christmas, and this is Ken's, Ken's gadget, so we'll, oh, there we go. When you light up the lights at Christmas time, that, man, it just puts you in the Christmas mood, right? Puts you in the Christmas spirit. But I want us to think about today as we consider light, and I'm going to leave these out this morning. I think they'll hold up here. Uh, but I want us to think about today as we consider light, the true light that's come into the world, and that is Jesus. This morning, I've entitled the message, really, the, uh, the passage from the hymn that we just read, Son of God Loves Pure Light. I want you to look at John chapter 1, verse 9, as John uh, writes his gospel, what he says about Jesus, just in this one verse. Look at what it says. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Of course, we know light is at Christmas time as Christmas lights and all these, but if you know anything about uh, the Bible, and you could probably figure it out even if you don't know this part about the Bible, that all through the Bible you have two different kind of motifs that happen with light and dark. With light throughout the Old Testament, you see that as God's righteousness, his holiness. And, and for instance, even in uh, the first uh, chapter of the Bible when it says, let there be light, many people believe that is the glory of God shining upon his creation as he's creating everything. All throughout the scripture, you have light represent good, righteousness, and darkness on the other side representing all that is opposed to God and evil and sin. And that, of course, continues on into the New Testament where Jesus is found to be the light of the world, as this says. God's righteousness, his holiness, his goodness shining into our dark, sinful world. And this morning, as we think about light, this Christmas and the light that Jesus brought into the world, I want us to look today at three important aspects of God's word that we can gather about Jesus being the light and why these things should be important to us, not just at Christmas, and why we should think about you know, singing and praising about Jesus being the light, not just at Christmas, but really every day. And so as we approach God's word, I want to begin with a word of prayer this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that Jesus, the true light, has come into the world this morning, as we consider that light to shine into our lives, to shine into the world, Lord, I pray for maybe someone here today who doesn't know Jesus. They're still walking in the dark. I pray that today would be the day they turn toward the light and, and follow him. Lord, for those of us who do know Jesus as our Savior, may today be a reminder of why we need him and who we'd be apart from Christ. We ask all these things in his name. Amen. Well, I want to begin kind of as we journey through some of the book of John together in John chapter 3, and I want to show you our need for the light. Our need for the light. Probably the most famous verse in the whole Bible among Christians today is found in John chapter 3, and many of you could probably quote John 3.16 by heart. And this, that verse in particular happens within a conversation with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus, and uh, of course, if you know anything about the Pharisees in that day and time, they were the religious leaders in, in Jewish culture, and they were supposed to be the ones who were closest to God, who knew everything about God. 
But throughout the centuries, after God had given them their law, they had began to distort it and add a bunch of things that really God hadn't said. And so really, in a lot of ways, following the Lord at that time had had felt like a huge burden. And there was this Pharisee named Nicodemus who wanted to know what it actually took to enter the kingdom of God. And he came to Jesus, and I find it ironic that we're going to read about light in this passage. And Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. You know, it's very ironic that he came to him in darkness. Now, I think it shows, of course, uh, him not wanting to maybe be found out by the other Pharisees that he was going to talk to Jesus in this way. But maybe it could reveal something about his soul, that he was actually in darkness even though he didn't realize it. And Jesus in this conversation is going to show him his need and ultimately show every single one of us our need for the light. Jesus talks about needing to be born again to inherit the kingdom of God and that he would die and on the cross for our sins to be forgiven. But then later on in chapter 3 in this conversation, beginning in verse 19, look at what Jesus says to him. Jesus says this, This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. As we see Jesus talking here, there's an obvious connection here in this uh, illustration that he's using about light and dark between light and life. Now, if you think about it, it's not just a, an illustration or a symbolism that's used in the Bible. Really, if we think about our day-to-day lives, we need light to live in many ways. If you think back to maybe your middle school or high school science class where you learned about plants and how they need light to function and survive, and ultimately, through that process of photosynthesis, I believe it is, if I remember correctly, uh, photosynthesis, they convert all of those things and give out the oxygen that we need, right? And so ultimately, through light, we have life coming in that way. But then just think, practically speaking, about our day-to-day lives. If you think that you don't need light to function well within your day, think back to just a few weeks ago when time change happened and how miserable that was. <laughs> and some of you all still haven't gotten over it, including me, right? Go to work at, at night and come back at home after work uh, when it's still dark and, or when it's dark again. You think, man, we, can we just get some light outside so we can do something, right? And so just practically speaking, we need light in order to, to do the things we love to do and all of those things. Now, imagine for a second if all you had ever known in your life was darkness. Imagine for a second that you had never seen light and you had just been in darkness and how different your life would be because of that. You know, similarly to how we need light in this life, we need the light of God in our lives spiritually. We can't function, we can't live without the light of God in our lives. And here we see Jesus talking about the fact that the light has come, but even though Jesus came, even though the light has come, what does he say has happened to people in that day and time? That they continue in darkness. They stay in darkness. And 2,000 years later, it's not any different. Jesus has come, but there are people who still continue in their way in darkness. Now let's think about 
why that may be. And maybe for you this morning, you've continued in your life and, and walking in, in darkness apart from Christ for whatever reason. You know, I think the Bible is very clear that sin can be fun for a season. And so maybe you think, well, I'm just going to continue in my sin and there's, it's not going to be a big deal. But the Bible says that that way leads to death and hell and, and uh, judgment from God eventually. As we see that happening, um, you know, unfolding in our lives, some people think sin is fun in the moment, but the reality is the Bible's very clear that it leads toward destruction and it calls it darkness. Now, as we think about this, there are some of you who may be thinking, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Well, let's think about it in practical terms today. Let's imagine that you were hiking, maybe in the woods, maybe in a, in a cave somewhere, and it's dark. Now, I'm not much of a nature person. Maybe some of you could survive a little bit better than I could. But if it were up to me, you know, I'd be toast if I didn't have my cell phone on, phone on me. But let's say that you are walking in darkness, and you come along a fork in the path, and you notice there's some light on this path. It's lit up that way. Now, if you've ever been in Mammoth Cave, you've had a uh, time like that because you're walking and you see, oh, that way's dark, that way's lit, so I probably should go the lit way, right? <laughs> if I go that way, I'm going to end up lost and in big trouble. And maybe if you've been to Mammoth Cave, you've had that happen. But think about it seriously. If you were walking down a path like that and you knew, hey, if I go down this dark path versus this life path, that my life could be on the line, like very seriously, your life could be on the line. What kind of decision would you make at that point? You see, the reason I think we continue in darkness, or some people do uh, in this day and time, is because they don't think it seriously has any effect on them. They don't realize that their life, their eternal destiny, is on the line. And that's you this morning. If you are walking in darkness, understand that you are playing with fire, literally. Your life could be on the, and is on the line if you are walking in darkness. But there's good news this morning. The Bible tells us that the light has come. And we need this light. And this light can help us avoid so many things. Like John 11 verse 10 puts it this way. If anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. That's what happens without Christ, and we need him in our lives. But the Bible tells us in verse 21 of John 3, look at what Jesus says. Anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. God can work in your life. You need him to work in your life. And so here's the question. You're this morning, if you are walking in darkness, you are at a fork in the road with the opportunity to see your need for the light. And you're going to say, and you, you can ask yourself this morning, am I going to continue walking in darkness or am I going to walk toward the light? You see, that's the good news of the Christmas story, that we need the light in our lives. But once you're at a fork in the road like that, it's one thing to recognize your need. It's another thing to respond. And I want to talk for a second not just about our need for the light. I want to talk about our response to the light. As we look together at another passage in John, turn, turn with me to John chapter 8. If you've never read the Gospel of John, by the way, let me encourage you to read it through. Um, it's really uh, most pastors, if you ask them, what book of the Bible should I read first? 
This is the one they'll point to first a lot of times, uh, the book of John. So here at this point, Jesus is again talking to a group of Pharisees. And let me remind you that the Pharisees, they were a group who thought they knew what was going on, thought they weren't living in darkness, but the reality was that many of them were. And Jesus came to show them that he was the light. He was the one they needed to follow and to listen to, and he was the Messiah sent from God. And in verse 12, look at what he says here. Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, can you see the fork in the road there? You have an opportunity to go a different direction, to not have to walk in darkness, but to have the light of life. And the Pharisees were trying to figure this out. They were thinking, well, who does Jesus think he is to say this? You know, he's he talking about him being the light of the world. Who does he think he is any better than anybody else? Verse 13, it says, the Pharisees said to him, you're testifying about yourself. Your testimony's not valid. In other words, uh, they said, well, you can't say this about yourself. You know, anybody can say anything about themselves. Jesus goes on to say, even if I testify about myself, Jesus replied, my testimony is true because I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. In other words, he's saying, you don't know anything about me. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. And if I do judge... My judgment is true because it is not I alone who judge, but I am the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it's written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who, I'm the one who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. And we're going to see in the next passage, we'll look at in a few moments, a time that he did that upon multiple occasions. It says, Then they asked him, Where is your Father? You know neither me nor my father, Jesus answered. If you knew me, you would also know my father. He spoke these words by the treasury while teaching in the temple, but no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. You see, Jesus was in the middle of this debate, if you will, discussion, argument, whatever you want to call it, between him and the Pharisees, where they didn't believe he was the light. And he says, your problem is that you judge based upon your own standards, you judge things based upon human standards, and really not just in this situation, but in a lot of things in life, they were judging people based on human standards and not God's. And he says, this is your problem. But think about today. Like, don't we still like to do that a lot? Like, a lot of people continue in darkness because they don't recognize their need for the light, because their judgment is based upon their own human standards. You see, a lot of times we come up with human standards that we set for ourselves or for other people that make us look good or make us feel good. And we do this by maybe setting the bar lower for ourselves, like, well, I'm, I'm doing better than that person or, you know, I'm doing better than, than, than I could be doing or, you know, those kind of things. Or we set the bar high for other people and think, well, look how bad they are. I'm not any, anything compared to them. And we realize, and, and through this, we, we realize and come to the conclusion and think that, oh, well, I'm okay in the dark. Well, the Bible tells us clearly that we're not to look at ourselves by human standards. But Jesus reminds the Pharisees here and reminds us here, we're to compare ourselves by God's standards. 
And when we do that, we realize that we are in the darkness apart from Christ. We are in the darkness. 1 John chapter 1, a letter written by the, the same guy who wrote this gospel, verses 5 through 7 says this. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. Listen to this. God is light, and there's absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we're lying and are not practicing the truth. In other words, you can't say that you are in Christ and be walking in your old way. You can't be living by human standards and, and think you're good to go. He goes on to write, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, what happens at that point? It says we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, the good news of Christmas, the good news of, of light coming, as we plug in Christmas lights and look at them at nighttime and all that, the good news is that the light has come, and because the light has come, we no longer have to be in darkness if we trust in Jesus as our Savior, believing he died and came back to life for us. We can walk in newness of life. We can have the light of life in our lives. And because of that, we don't have to walk in darkness anymore. Look again at verse 12, what Jesus said in John 8. He says, I am the light of the world. In other words, if you want this light, this is how you get it. It's through Jesus. Anyone who follows me, anyone who comes after me, trusts in me, uh, walks after me, will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, today you have the opportunity, if you aren't in Christ, to be forgiven, to move from darkness to light. And what must you do? What does Jesus say that you have to do in order to do that? You have to follow him, come after him. You have to change what you're doing and begin following him to have the light of life. I was reading a story this week of a man who lived in an old house with his wife and children. He had the habit of every night, he had lived here for a few years now, but every night he would get up, and maybe you have this habit too, get up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom or go to the refrigerator. It's amazing how you can sleepwalk to the refrigerator in the middle of the night, right, uh, to get a snack or whatever. So he, he had this habit. He would get up in the middle of the night to go do whatever he was going to do, and every time he got up, he would end up tripping over something, stubbing his toe, stepping on the toys, you know, different things like that almost every night. Now his wife kept telling him, honey, if you would just turn on a light, you wouldn't have that problem. But he thought, you know, I don't need to do that. You know, I can, I can go without that. And, you know, in his mind, he was thinking, if I humble myself to that point, then she's going to be right, and I'm not. And not only that, the light's all the way on the other side of the room. So if I did that, I'd have to change my path, and all. like, it's not even worth it. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And so... From there on, he kept tripping and stumbling and falling and stubbing his toe and all that business. And I read this little story, and you know, it's a great analogy of how some people are when it comes to darkness in life. You know, if we would just come to the light, things would be a lot easier. Things would be a lot simpler. We'd have the light of life in our lives, the hope of eternal life, all of these things. But there are people today 
who say, no, if I did that, I would have to admit that I was wrong. I would have to change something. I would have to maybe go a different direction. You know, it might inconvenience me or it might, you know, change things I like to do. And so I'm just going to keep tripping and stumbling and falling until eventually we end up where someone goes to hell, as the Bible says. I want you to know, if that's you, don't you realize the blessing that would come to responding to Christ? Verse 12 says that anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness. You'll never have those times of of tripping and stumbling and all that without the arms of Jesus there to catch you. You'll never have to walk in the darkness, but instead you can have the light of life. That is the reason the light of the world came here for us, so we can escape the darkness and begin to live in this light. And we've talked a little bit already about our need and response to come and follow him, but if I haven't convinced you already, I want to show you from Scripture our result of the light. Our result of the light. John chapter 12 is where I want to go now. John chapter 12, beginning in verse 30. Now, before I read this, let me remind you, I read a passage a moment ago that talked about the Father testifying to Jesus. And you can actually see one time that this happened uh, in verse 28, when the Father's voice comes from heaven and testifies to Jesus. And actually, there were multiple times, even at Jesus' baptism, that this happened. Um, But here in verse 30, or excuse me, 32, I want you to look at what Jesus says here. As for me... If I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Now, what is he talking about there? This is very similar to what something he says in John chapter 3 in that discussion with Nicodemus. And a lot of times you'll hear pastors say things, well, if we just lift up the name of Jesus and, and praise the name of Jesus, he's going to draw all people to himself. And while you know, we can gather some, some truths about that, we know that every single person isn't going to come to faith in Jesus. There will come a day that they will realize that every knee will bow and tongue will confess. But what is Jesus talking about here? Well, this verse goes on to clarify what he's talking about here. Verse three, or 33, excuse me, he says, he said this to indicate what kind of death he was about to die. So he's talking about if I'm lifted up on the cross, I'm going to draw, I'm going to make a way for salvation. Verse 34, it says, the crowd replied to him, We've heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? And Jesus answered, The light will be with you only a little longer. In other words, he was saying, It's not going to be long till I go back to heaven. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness doesn't overtake you. He's saying, While I'm here, why don't you believe? Why don't you Have faith and walk in the light so you can escape this darkness. And then he goes on to say, the one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. While you have the light, in other words, while you still can, believe in the light so that you may become children of light. And Jesus said this, then went away and hid from them. That last statement, becoming children of light, I think that that same sentiment can and should be said today. While you still can, 
while you still have the opportunity, turn away from the dark. Begin walking in the light and become a child of light. What does that mean to be a child of light? Have you ever thought about that? If you are in Christ today, you are a child of light. We don't think about that. You know, we think about child of God, a child of light. Well, someone who's a child of light, of course, has become a child of God. But that means that the light and love of God should shine brightly through us. We talk about a challenge there, right, sometimes? I mean, uh, it doesn't take too long if you go to a store these days to try to buy something, you stand in line, whatever, that sometimes the light of God, I mean, we're good if we have a little flicker going, you know, sometimes. But as we're close to God and connected to him, the light and love of God can shine and should shine through us. We receive eternal life. We receive reward of heaven and so much more. But also, and here's the big thing, when we become children of light, we find our purpose in life. You see back here, I've got another strand of lights. And, you know, there are several things I could probably come up with with this strand of lights to do with them. I could tie something down, I guess, if I was moving and needed to tie something down to my car. You know, I could... I don't know, come up, I could jump rope. I'm not going to do that for you. That would be a, I just thought of that just now. That would be a spectacle. Uh, I could do several things with this, right? But that's not the purpose of these. Now, the purpose of these, of course, is to light, is to shine. But it can't achieve its purpose unless it's connected to the right source. I want to present this being the light of Christ You know, there's a place to connect at the end of this. And when we connect these lights to this light, they shine in the same way. You know, I think there's an important truth just to this simple illustration for every single one of us. You see, when we connect to the light of Christ, what happens is we end up looking like and shining like Christ in a dark world. And yeah, Christ might have ascended back to heaven, but in many ways his light still shines through us, through our hearts, to go and light up the dark today. And if you are apart from Christ, you are still in the dark. But I want to tell you this morning, if you want to know your purpose in life, if you want to begin living a life that is full of the light of Christ, you have to get connected to Jesus. And when you do, you will be amazed at what he does through your life. But on top of that, the blessings and rewards that come from just knowing him and having those eternal, that eternal life. So let me ask you this morning, are you a child of light? Or are you a child of darkness? There's no in between. The Bible says you're either one or the other. Today, do you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus, believing that he died on the cross and came back to life for you, and follow him in baptism like we talked about this morning? That's you in just a moment. We're going to to have a time of commitment hymn, and when we do, I'm going to stand down front. Let me encourage you to come down here and shake my hand and say, Pastor, I want to be baptized, or I want to follow Jesus, or "I, I want to pray about maybe something else. Whatever it is, I would love to talk to you more about that. Now, as I say each and every week, the fact that we're a church, I understand that we are primarily a gathering of believers. And so I want to ask you this morning, Christian, if you are called to be and are a child of light, how does your light look 
in the world? Are you burning brightly? You dimly burning? Maybe it's kind of like you got one of those blinker bulbs in here that, you know, sometimes it's on, sometimes it's not. How does your light look into a, in a dark world? This morning, maybe you need to say, God, I, I need to get better connected to, to the source, to Jesus. I need to get better connected. And the way that you do that is through his word, through prayer, with, through connecting with the body of Christ that is the church and, and just seeing him grow you in your faith. There are many ways, uh, many things that, that God has given us to grow us and help better connect us. But maybe for you, you say, you know, I need to get better connected. I haven't been shining like I should. I want to invite you all to bow your heads with me this morning, and I just want to ask you to have a time of, of just silent prayer in your heart right now to the Lord. Maybe you need to pray for salvation. Maybe you need to pray for God to help you get reconnected. Maybe you just need to thank the Lord this morning for Jesus being the light in your life. I want you to pray silently to the Lord just for a moment. Father, for that person here today who's maybe walking in darkness and they haven't trusted Jesus, they haven't maybe followed through in baptism and showing people that confession of their faith, I pray that today would be the day that they say, you know, I'm, I'm no longer going to walk in darkness or I'm no longer going to hide my light. I'm going to let people know that I want to follow Jesus. Lord, for that Christian here today who maybe at one time in their life their light was burning bright as a child of light, maybe now their, their light has grown dim. Lord, I pray today that every single one of us would remember to connect to the source, and that is Jesus. Lord, use your spirit in this time of commitment. I pray that for every single one of us, we would leave here changed because of your word and your light. In Jesus' name, amen.